0: extremely fast and get my point across very quickly Mm -hmm. um, and then let other people go so it bothers me when other people don't have their point ready
1: well they're just like um umming and uh the whole thing
0: or they're like looking around for something i'm like you knew what we were going to talk about (laughs) have something ready. like i have i have notes to reference but i'm not like trying to find the answer to a question
1: yeah exactly yeah
0: uh, thank you for joining us everybody, I appreciate you listening in It is Infinity Sports, it is Monday, that means it's an attic show So you're going to have to bear <laughs> with us bear with us, as we get a little bit choppy from time to time Or black out on the screen, but it is Wayne G, I am joined uh, as always by Sully Hey,
1: how we doing, how we doing man, It's I, I missed you last week, I'm sorry man
0: no, it's just a Wednesday. We were together on Monday, so
1: it's... Uh... Yeah, exa- I mean, Yeah, it's true. Missed you the last half week. That's right. I, I'm, It's twice, though, I've missed these NFL picks, and I was on a streak, man, so I need to get back in there.
0: Well, I'll go over how me and Ben finished, which was not good. Um... No, of
1: course not. You guys are awful. I'm the horse of this show, dude.
0: <laughs> <laughs> just not, I'm really good at picking winning golfers, but not football.
1: Hey, I mean, I'll tell you what. Picking winning golfers is much harder to do, so...
0: Well, we are going to hit into the, uh, the video here. Enjoy, everybody. When we come out, we will go over our usual show.
1: Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network
0: product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here. This one's got a chance to get out of here. Go! Three-run Jimmy Jack, first big league home run for Mike Trout. Pass is intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler. And an eighty-one point game, fifty-five in the second half. Ladies and gentlemen, you have witnessed the second greatest scoring performance in NBA history. What is going on everybody thank you for making it through the intro video as i mentioned i'm wayne g i'm joined by sully if you are watching us it is most likely on facebook live youtube live uh, or twitter because we're doing twitter now and if you miss any part of the show obviously you can check us out audio wise on itunes spotify stitcher amazon music or find the video show on youtube it'll be there tomorrow we do a lot of visual cues you don't want to miss a lot of that stuff and if you want to hit us up on facebook at infinity sports podcast Instagram at Infinity Sports Podcast and Twitter at Sports Infinity 5. We are also at Infinity You can find all of our social media there as well as our store where you can find great 12 is greater than 9 merchandise, Infinity Sports merchandise, and the Sully Collection. Green jacket, gold jacket. Who gives a shit? So, Sully, that said, I actually do have to bring up a point that uh, you know, Jesse likes to listen to the show and he did mention that he thought I was crapping on you uh, last week when I said that you just had the one item in there. And I said, no, I'm not. Crapping on them. I'm just saying we're talking about bringing more items, but that's the only one we have right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, do. I knew you've said that multiple times. You said we've just got the one item, but we're getting more in. I mean, no, I don't think you're crapping on me ever. I mean, you make your dumps pretty well known, so yeah, you're not shy, high, you're right. not shy about calling people out.
0: Yeah. There's no subtlety to my uh, calling no. people out. <laughs> uh, yeah,
1: no, and, and I appreciate that. You know. <laughs>
0: If you notice up on the left-hand corner, we are the Belly Up Sports Network. We're on there now, so it's great to be part of that whole uh, network. And one of our big—this is technically our first show. We did a couple last week, but this is technically our first Belly Up show. And then on Wednesday, we get the great interview with William Gates from Hoop Dreams. He is—he was one of the subjects, him and Arthur Agee of the movie. I went and re-watched it again uh, yesterday, and still great. Still a great movie. It, it kind of goes really quick through the freshman, sophomore, junior year. The senior year is about an hour and 15 minutes, so that that's kind of the longest part of the movie. But uh, I'm really excited to talk to him and about how his life's turned out, uh, how the movie impacted him. It's a documentary, so they followed him around. It wasn't like a movie movie. Um, and just kind of talking to him about, you know, just life after basketball. And even he got to work out with Michael Jordan, you know, before Jordan went to the Wizards in 2001.
1: Yeah, it's going to be a big interview. It's going to be really exciting. You know, the the movies or the documentary. You know, I, I finally got a chance to watch it. It was great. Um, it, you know, it, I'm just really excited to, like you said, just ask him more about life in general. You know, I I love to get we've we've talked about you know with um other guys you know and, and other guests you know the 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 backstory of it and and the deeper side of it and I'm really interested to talk with with Mr. Gates about that. It's going to be a really great interview.
0: Now, we do have a pretty good show here for you. We obviously have a recap of the NFL, Week 8. We do that every Monday. We've got uh, Greater Than. uh, I have Sully this time instead of Ben, so we'll see how it goes with our Greater Thans. We've got uh, Sully's Prospects. It's kind of a new section that we're going to keep doing every show. And first things first, though, let's do the news. News is brought to you by Invader Coffee. It is 100% organic, 100% air roasted, and 100% money back guarantee if you don't enjoy it. It is a veteran-owned business, so please support the troops. They support your freedom and drinking coffee. If you enter the code Belly Up, all one word, you get fifteen percent off your entire order. That is not just coffee; it is the beans, it is the pods, it is the creamers, which come with BCAAs in case you're into bodybuilding or weightlifting. So, uh, definitely a really cool company. Belly Up, fifteen percent off. Make sure you enter it. You don't want to pay full price. Who, who likes paying a full price?
1: Nobody does. I put my order in last week. We should get it here soon. So, I'll let you know how it is.
0: Now the first bit of news that we want to bring up here, I have the Brooklyn Nets assistants. Uh, they hired Mike D'Antoni, uh, Ime Okuda, who was by all accounts going to be a you know a head coach candidate this offseason. Uh, he's now going to be an assistant with the Brooklyn Nets. And then we have uh, Amare Stoudemire, obviously uh, Nash's old teammate. I'm not sure how Amare is doing coach-wise, but obviously getting D'Antoni as an assistant and, and Okuda, that's huge gets.
1: I mean, that's massive. They essentially now have like a, like a three head coaching staff. Um, it's going to be interesting, you know, with Steve Nash being in his first year, I think this is a great, you know, fit him and Mike D'Antoni have a great relationship. They really respect each other. Um, I know Steve Nash likes his basketball mind and Mike D'Antoni respects Steve Nash's basketball mind. Uh, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting. I love it. You know, it's a down step for, I think both of them. Cause like you said, um, uh, I can't pronounce his name for the life of me. Uh, Ukuta is is, you know, is a head coaching candidate. And, you know, by all accounts, could have had a job. So, and D'Antoni, you know, obviously is D'Antoni. So they both kind of took a step down. So it should be interesting.
0: I think it's a great hire for Steve Nash, because obviously we talked about a few shows ago, Nash has zero experience as a head coach. So having experienced head coaches with him and assistant head coaches with him, I think is going to be he's able to lean on them, so I think a lot of the messages that he delivers as the head coach to the team are probably going to be coming from them. Like this is how you should handle it, this is what you should say, but he still holds on to that authority. I don't think any of these guys are going to undermine him and try to kind of like show like they're the coach. I think everybody here is perfect for him.
1: I agree completely. I think the personalities mesh extremely well. You you know, Mike D'Antoni, you know, obviously having the previous relationship is going to be huge. You know, I don't think he's, like you said, going to try to step on his toes whatsoever. I think it's going to work out really well. And honestly, I think the Nets may be a pretty darn good ball club.
0: With a healthy KD and a healthy Kyrie Irving, and they're already a playoff team without those guys.
1: So. I mean, Jared Allen's a, a really decent center in the middle. He's a good rim protector, and, you know, they've Karis LeVert and, and a lot of other guys that can play ball. I, I mean, they're a good team.
0: Now, college football news, we have uh, Trevor Lawrence has COVID-19. He missed last game against Boston College, which was Really tight. I thought that Boston College might beat those guys. I almost was rooting for it because I wanted to be like, oh, I thought Clemson could beat uh, an NFL team. They can't even beat BC. It was a crappy college team. Um, but now it looks like he's going to miss the Notre Dame game as well.
1: Which is a shame. I mean, that's I mean, that's probably the biggest game on their schedule. I mean, it is the biggest game on their schedule. Uh, you know, and he's not going to be there, and, and that's a shame. Um, I mean, I think Clemson can still win. I don't think Notre Dame is really that good, Um, but, I mean, I would have loved to see Trevor there, and and I'd have preferred to see Trevor there. I mean, he's the best player in college football, so anytime he's not on the football field, it's a loss for fans everywhere.
0: It is, and watching the game last week, like I said, I was rooting for Boston College, but it didn't work out that way. Really, once they started handing the ball off to Etienne, it was like you could see that his ability – all he needs is a little bit of daylight, just a tiny bit, and he's gone.
1: Yeah, he's an NFL. I've said this before on the podcast. He's an NFL player playing college football right now. He could have easily came out last year. He would have been the number one back selected last year. Um, he's he's incredibly talented, uh, and he's just in all facets of the game. He's powerful. He's fast. He's quick. He has vision. He can catch the football. It's not great. His his catches, pass catching ability, I think needs to improve. But as a running back, man, the guy's scary talented, and you know, it, they're going to have to lean on him hard in this Notre Dame game.
0: The other bit of college wall news, the Big Ten is back. Uh, so it's been back for a couple weeks now, but last week we had uh, Ohio State, Penn State was a big game. Uh, having that here, it looks like Ohio State wins that game 38-25. Uh, Justin Fields, 28-34, only missed six passes, 318, four touchdowns, no picks. The impressive thing for Justin Fields, he completed a pass to eight different receivers in that game.
1: Yeah, I mean, his receiving core is extremely talented. (laughs) They're really, really good, Uh, and he's got a lot of weapons out there. And Penn State's, unfortunately, just a little outmatched. You know, Mika Parsons took the season off. Um, You know, they still have uh, incredibly talented uh, edge rushers and things like that, but um, Justin Fields is just a man on a mission this year. The guy is is looking extremely talented, and, and, I mean, Trey Lance doesn't stand a chance to be the number two quarterback selected now.
0: And the other Big Ten news is obviously Michigan loses to Michigan State. Everyone's calling for Jim Harbaugh's head, and and really I think he's been there long enough to turn that pro- program around, and he hasn't. So I have no problem if they cut ties with Jim Harbaugh after the season.
1: I'd have fired. He'd have been fired today if I was at Michigan. He'd have been fired today. Um, I, I I wish we I knew we were going to talk about. I saw a stat. He's like three and seven against uh, Michigan State, uh, Ohio State uh, in the last in like the years he's coached there. And I mean, that's just, unfortunately, with those two teams, like those are the teams you have to beat, and he just can't beat that. I mean, Michigan State just lost to Rutgers. They just lost to Rutgers. And then they came back and beat Michigan. I I mean, that's just embarrassing. Jim Harbaugh has to go.
0: And I don't think it's necessarily his coaching style, because I actually like him as a coach. I think it's the fact that he's just not a good recruiter. He doesn't get the top talent in there.
1: Uh, I mean, it's tough when you've got arguably the best recruiter in the nation in your conference, you know, in urban Meyer. Um, That's right. It's Ryan day now, but I mean, still it's, it's urban Meyer's program and and Ryan day took that from urban Meyer and Ryan day is an excellent recruiter as well. Um, It's just Michigan football. Isn't what it is as anymore. And Ohio state is getting those recruits.
0: Uh, That's all I had for uh, news news was those items there, which leads us into, since we're talking about college football, Sully's prospect, top prospects. Uh, I wasn't sure how we're going to go about this segment. I know uh, you obviously do very, very, very in-depth scouting of a lot of these players heading into the NFL draft, but long before then. And just wanted to kind of get your take maybe with either the, uh, you know, Big Ten coming back or whatnot. I mean, what what are some of the top prospects you wanted to point out uh, that you've noticed?
1: Well, I guess we'll just start, uh, you know, I don't want to go deep, you know, too deep. You know, we can go, I, maybe we can do five at a time or something like that. Cause it, we can go, we can go gnarly if we want to go gnarly. Um, honestly, we'll probably start at the top cause it's easier. Mo- the top prospects, I think most everybody knows who they are. Um, but it, it, it's easy cause then the deeper it goes, more guys will move up into that ranks. Um, the, the, the longer the season goes, nobody's going to crack my top five. That's not in it right now. I'll tell you that right now. Um, th- these guys, we have five, I think, generational prospects in this draft, which is unheard of. It's it's something we haven't seen in, in I think, ever. Uh, the start is Trevor Lawrence. Um, you know, there's there's no shock there. Uh, the kid is just everything you want in a, in a player. He's the highest prospect I've ever graded. Um, and I think he's the cleanest prospect we'll ever see. Um, at number two, uh, I actually have Penny Sewell. Uh, the offensive tackle um, from Oregon, uh, he has opted out. Pac-12, you know, isn't playing. He is not playing this season. I don't think he needs to. Uh, the kid is is like I said before. He's the highest graded offensive tackle I've personally ever graded. I've been grading since 2005, so I don't have the pleasure of grading Ogden or Pace or guys like that. Um, and then I actually missed uh, Bryant McKinney too, unfortunately. Um, but he's the highest offensive ta- offensive lineman I've I've ever graded. Um, he is to me the perfect offensive lineman prospect he's big he's he's a mauler he's a dancing bear though his feet are, are phenomenal um he's he's really just i think everything you would look for and it's a shame Dwayne haskins didn't work out because washington and Penny State, i think is an ideal fit but it's more than likely not going to happen uh number three um is uh justin fields um the guy is closing the gap, um, but I don't think it ever will close. But, man, he is just showing his accuracy is incredible. Um, his poise in the pocket, his decision-making is is top-notch. He's also a really good runner and an undervalued runner, I think. He's not Cam Newton. He's not Lamar Jackson. He's not Michael Vick. Um, but, bro, I'm telling you right now, I think he's going to be a special player, and I think he's going to be a big-time player. Yeah. Uh, the fourth guy I got is is Mika Parsons, um, which I talked about with Penn State. This kid's just a, he's he's the since right. so linebackers a tough position to grade because I think I think a lot of linebackers can grade out very well. He is everything you want. He's he's six five. He's two forty. He moves like he's two hundred and ten pounds. He can cover. He can rush the passer. He's. I mean, I truly don't know how to explain him as a player. It's 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 crazy to watch him play, and it's such a shame he's not playing this year because I would have loved to see him in that Ohio State game. Obviously, that's a marquee matchup on the schedule, and for him not to be in that game is unfortunate. But, man, he is scary good. And then Jamar Chase is just – I mean, if you built a wide receiver in a lab, it'd be Jamar Chase. The guy is so crisp in his routes. He's so at the top of his breaks. It's it's almost impossible to stay with him if he wants to leave you, and he's gonna leave you. His his uh, contested catch ability is, is top notch. His run after the catch is insane. Uh, the kid's built in a lab. It's gonna be a lot of fun to watch him play at the next level.
0: Well, let me ask about well, uh, Mika Parsons because you said you know it's pretty much everything that you want in a linebacker. I know last season you had an extremely high grade in Isaiah Simmons. Yes, I think even saying that maybe he was the highest rated player that you had in the draft, um, how would you say he compares to Isaiah Simmons?
1: <sighs> um, Isaiah Simmons is not your prototypical NFL linebacker. I think Mika Parsons will be a better NFL linebacker because I think he can do a lot of the things that Isaiah Simmons can do coverage-wise, except Mika Parsons will Bang you in the run game. He is a filler. He is a stopper. He has the last year he had the second highest run stuffing grade or run run stuffing grade in all of college football at a ninety four point five according to PFF. Um, he is just a monster, and, and that's where he's going to separate himself. He will he'll be able to cover your tight end and lock a tight end down, and he'll also be able to fill the gap and and just knock you off your socks, which Isaiah Simmons cannot do.
0: A football question from Nick Harrington. Will the Patriots turn it around and make the playoffs? Four games back in the division and just lost by a field goal to Buffalo leading division. Now, obviously, we'll talk about the Buffalo game. Just answering the question from my standpoint, I I don't think they make the playoffs. I I think that it now looks very, very bleak. Unless they put Jert Stidham in and he's coming to the rescue.
1: <laughs> I was waiting for that.
0: <laughs> but no, it looks it looks really bad for them that you can't score any points. I do think that they still have a top five defense in the NFL. It's so good. But just they can't score any points. I mean, what's good about holding to a team to a fourteen if you only score six?
1: Uh Nick, by the way, I appreciate you shouting out the comment, bro. That's my dude right there. Um, I have said from the start I didn't think the Patriots were gonna make the playoffs. Um, I gave him six wins. Um and then I stuck to the six wins when they got Cam Newton. I don't think they may even get to six now. So no, I don't think they make the playoffs. I had Buffalo to win that division from the start. I think they're a complete football team, and I think Josh Allen is is a really, really good football player. So
0: I agree. That's so much about Josh Allen. I like Josh Allen a lot. I love watching him throw the ball. Uh, for me, the the jury is out on Josh Allen, like it is for you with Lamar Jackson. Like I still need to see it you know, longer because up until he's been really great this season, but up until this season, he's been very inaccurate. So just to kind of see if he can continue.
1: Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. He definitely needs to continue this ascent. My, why I like Josh Allen is because he has gotten better every year. Um, Yes. His accuracy was an issue, but it's, it still has gotten better. Um, And that's what you like to see, even if it only increases, you know, from 58 to 61, you know, that's the kind of thing you want to see. And that's what you're not seeing from Lamar Jackson right
0: now. Well, you enjoyed the segment last week. We're going to bring it back this week and see how Sully does. It is the section greater than where basically we're just going to throw out two things, two items, two people, two places, whatever, and talk about who is greater than who. What is greater than what? I don't know if you want. I I can kick things off if you want. Just give people an idea of what we're talking about here. Go ahead. Okay. So uh, we'll start off with this is one that's near and dear to my heart because it is about movies. And the,
1: Shocker. The,
0: the greater than I'm going to throw out there, hopefully you've seen both of these movies. Let's hope. Wyatt, Wyatt Earp, Tombstone.
1: Um, I have not seen Tombstone, um, but I doubt it would be better than Wyatt Earp.
0: So it's a heavy debate amongst you know, Western fans or people who've seen both movies. Here's the thing. You, you, the one reason to watch Tombstone, Val Kilmer as Doc Holliday is phenomenal. I mean, phenomenal. Like Heath Ledger, Joker performance. But like he really? Is, he's I so love Val good. Kilmer too. He's so good as Doc Holiday. And, you know, not that, I mean, Dennis Quaid was good as Doc Holiday as well, but Dennis Quaid played him as very, very dark, uh, a dark character. And Val Kilmer is a little bit more light, a little bit more playful, but still somebody you wouldn't want to mess with. Um, so I, I would say the only reason I like Tombstone is because of Val Kilmer as Doc Holiday. But overall, Wyatt Earp is the better overall picture.
1: Yeah, I, I, I liked Wyatt Earp a lot. I mean, I was a big, I'm was not a big fan of westerns. I'm not going to lie. They're not my favorite genre of movie, um, which my dad will probably be pretty upset about because that's all he watches. But um, so to be fair, but Wyatt Earp, I mean, it's just a, a classic. I mean, I don't know pretty many anybody. Oh, wow. There goes. Man, I like it, Nick.
0: Nick Harrington says Tombstone hands down. Easy. Like I said, it's, it's a debate. And he says. <laughs> now I got to go, go watch I Tombstone. tombstone.
1: See, now you got to go watch And I love Val Kilmer. Ghost in the Darkness was my shit,
0: dude. Oh, I love Ghost in the Darkness.
1: That, that was my shit. Like, I, like, bro, I could watch that movie a, a million times and never get tired of it.
0: So what do you got for greater than?
1: All right, greater than. I know you're not a wrestling guy, but this is still, a I think, a, a, a fair debate. All right? The Rock or Stone Cold?
0: I so this is past the era where I watched. So I watched it. You know, Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant, Ultimate Warrior was kind of towards the end of when I started stopped watching it. I didn't really get into it as an adult as much. But from what I'd seen of the two, I liked Stone Cold better. Uh, I don't know how technical as a wrestler he was, but just as a personality, you yeah. know, The Rock is great. I love him as an actor, but Stone Cold was just so cool and smashing the two beers and drinking them and just yeah. like, <laughs> flipping off the camera. He's just like, I don't give a shit kind of person, and I, I love that.
1: No, I agree. Uh, Stone Cold was the man when he came when he beat up. Uh... McMahon in the hospital and he came in as the the nurse or whatever. That was the best shit I've ever seen on TV. That was kind of, that was like once when I stopped wrestling was right after that. Stop watch it, but man, that was great. That was so incredible. I just actually seen that the other day and saw it got into a long debate, so I, I wanted to spit that one out there.
0: Alright. Uh, this one is somebody that we talked about a little bit earlier. This is uh, Steve Nash, Jason Kidd.
1: Ooh, that's a good one. And quick question, like starting a team or just better career?
0: Just like, a, who would you rather have, let's say?
1: As like your point guard, who would you rather have? Sure. <sighs> Damn, that's a good one, Wayne. Um, I think I'm going to go Steve Nash. See, um,
0: I like Nash, but you go ahead. I,
1: I, that 90, 50, 40, I think is just so sexy. So. I, I love that stat, um, and I just think he could run a, an offense that I would would run, so that's why, and I don't think Jason Kidd couldn't, but I just think Steve Nash would be better for the offense I would like to run.
0: So now my take on it was I love Nash as a shooter, and one of the knocks against Jason Kidd in his career was you could name him Asen Kidd because he has no J, and so it was uh, – <laughs> You never heard that? That was always a thing. That's, no, that's
1: fantastic. I will say though, in later years of his career, he was shooting like 38% from three.
0: Not too bad, but he just wasn't a great shooter. Nash yeah. obviously could shoot the lights, out. lights uh, out. And Nash has the best court vision of any player I'd ever seen up until LeBron James. LeBron yeah. has ridiculous court vision. Um, mm-hmm. And he makes those really long cross-court passes that humans shouldn't be able to make. Mm-hmm. But as far as like just his court vision, where he saw every single player on the floor and where he knew everyone was going to be at every second, Steve Nash was second to none. The reason I take Jason Kidd is one size. He's six foot five. Nash is about six foot one, so he got a little bit bigger guard out there. Two is his defense. Nash was a red carpet defender, fitting that D'Antoni offense perfectly. Jason Kidd was like an eight-time All Defensive. Oh yeah. uh, So I mean, all in all, and he gave you something like 135 triple doubles, just because again his uh, size, he get more rebounds. So overall, complete player. I just go with Jason Kidd because he's bigger, he gets more rebounds, and just a better defender against the other team.
1: No, I understand that completely. Uh, I mean, I don't argue with that whatsoever. Um, I, I mean, I, I again, I could I could easily make the argument for Jason Kidd as you did. I think it's more personal preference with Aaron, Steve Nash in my offense there.
0: And let's see. Uh, Nick Hinton says a stone cold and a close one over the Rock. Yes. Agreed. And I guess uh, <laughs> has, um, Steve Nash uh, over Jason Kidd. So, okay. Yes. I love Nash, so. Yeah. Either one, you can't go wrong with either
1: one. <laughs> um all right. Now I know you hate both of these.
0: Okay.
1: So you got to you got to watch one of them.
0: Yeah.
1: All right. Baseball or hockey?
0: Baseball. Really? Uh, it, it's an easy one for me. And again, this is not a knock on hockey. It's just that I don't know the rules of hockey. I don't follow it enough to really understand the intricacies. I played baseball growing up all the way through high school. I understand baseball. I understand the rules. I understand the nuance of the game. Um, with hockey, you know, people talk about, oh, that was a great you know, shift or a great – I don't know, even know what that means. So like, for <laughs> me, to watch a game, I know what a goal is. I know what a save is. You know? All right, then know let me what...
1: change it. Hockey or soccer then? Soccer. Oh, okay.
0: Okay, oh, yeah, I play <laughs> soccer. <laughs> I understand the game and that I actually I actually watch soccer um still oh, to this soccer day. Soccer or
1: baseball then.
0: Whoo, see now that's pretty good stuff. Uh all right, there okay. we go.
1: Soccer or baseball.
0: Soccer or because again I don't really enjoy either one to the point that I would take them over football or basketball. Yeah, of course. But uh, soccer, I would turn on soccer, and uh, I love love watching a, a good break in soccer. The, it's still moving, it's non stop movement, you know. And the thing about baseball is there's too much just static, not, it yep. needs to be constant movement. That's one of the reasons I like uh basketball. It is odd that I like football because football has a lot of static moments as well. Uh, but it's just it's football, it's once a week, you
1: know. Well, and it's also when it's not static it's violent, which is fun to watch. Um, I would agree it's soccer, and then hockey over soccer for me, though, I think. Even though I love soccer, I just think hockey's the like, one of the most exciting sports to watch. All right.
0: Um, we have uh, baseball. Nick Harrington says baseball is uh, over. And then we have uh, hockey is your game. Yeah, for uh, sure. Hockey, if you're going to the game, yeah. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah there's no better the sport game. live than hockey. Yeah. I don't know. Soccer no, live, though, is, I'm telling you, you can bring in drums and – Anything you want, man. It's so much fun there.
0: Well, and that's what I was going to say. So, like, if... When we say soccer, right? We're not talking about DC United versus the Revolution, right? We're saying if you're going to go to a game between Man U and Man City, like, that's a game to go to, right?
1: I wouldn't even go to that game. (laughs) you You get fucking murdered. (laughs) (laughs) It's an American. Serious, yeah. For one, I'm an American in a jersey. They'd be like, let's just kill this fucking guy.
0: I'm going back to movies of mine. Stallone or Schwarzenegger?
1: Schwarzenegger, not even close for me. Really, not even close. Not even close for me. Yeah, I love Schwarzenegger. it's more of his bodybuilding career and life that I like like about him. Like I mean, I follow half his workouts right now. Like I mean, like, you know, I, I every week I do Arnold presses. You know like shit like that. Like I mean, uh I I Arnold's the man.
0: Yeah, right. so for me it's Stallone. What? Uh, and the re- yeah, it's still because one, he's a better actor. Let's face it. I mean, Schwarzenegger is either are good, <laughs> but, but Stallone can do drama. Like he said He did land, He was fantastic in that. Yes, uh, uh, Rocky the first Rocky. He was very good in that. Was I don't. He. I. I.
1: Everyone thought he was playing a retarded person in that movie.
0: <laughs> he was slow. You know, he's not punchy. Punchy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh no, it's, it's still, because for me too, the Rocky movies that Rocky uh one through five and then extended, uh to me is the one series that if I had to choose one series, I had to watch them all the time, it would be Rocky over Harry Potter, Star Wars, Indiana Jones. I'm taking Rocky. Uh I just love the whole series with the exception of uh three. I didn't like Mr. T very much. But um oh. you get those uh Rambo movies are, are, are great. Um and then like I said, as he got older and you start seeing Cliffhanger is okay. Uh, I mean, John Lithgow's <laughs> good in that, and uh, you've got um, uh, who is it? The guy from Eight Men Out there, who's also in he was Rowdy Burns in the Days of Thunder. <clears throat> anyways, he's a director now. He was Yondu. And I, uh, I don't know actors like you know actors. Yeah, yeah, I just know the stuff that they're in. I don't know the names, but anyways, I'm taking <laughs> Sylvester Stallone over Schwarzenegger. I just think he's a better actor, and I just like his catalog a little bit better. Uh, Nick here says. Kindergarten uh, Cop, man. I like Kindergarten Cop. Uh, Arnold not even close. He succeeded at everything he did in life. Okay,
1: I agree. Uh,
0: going back to work now. Uh, right, t- hey, make that work. money,
1: man. Deal them cards. Oh, that's cool. You don't break. I appreciate that, Nick. Thank you so much, bro. Uh, uh, yeah, I so work with Nick. Great. Dude. All
0: right, what do you guys? want so let's do a couple more of these here. You-
1: all right, I got you. Cake or pie?
0: Cake. Uh, really? because pie, because I like cake in pretty much all forms. I like vanilla cake, I like chocolate cake, I like strawberry cake. I do not like red velvet. Get that the hell out of here. Pie, you know, it's I don't like the, it cake. Filling. well, so if it's a fruit pie, I just have to be in the mood. Apple pie is fine for like Thanksgiving, I guess. Blueberry, uh, cherry, forget it. Um, I do like a chocolate cream pie, that's a good one. And I like, uh, you know, good uh, cheesecake. That's it's a pie. I'm calling it a cake because it's called got cake in the name. So it's, a it. it's a cake. It's, it's a cake. It's a pie. Yeah, it's a pie. <laughs> and, uh, and then, and the pumpkin pie is just gross. So overall, uh, I like more cakes than pies. See, I, I
1: think I'm going with pie because I don't like icing, um, or frosting, whatever you want to call it. Um, okay. so I'm not a big like when I get cakes, like I usually just scrape the frosting off and stuff. But so I'm a pie guy, man. I'm all about the pies, man. I love pies, any kind of pie. See, but the other thing with pies is I get meat pies too. So I get yeah, empanadas. Yeah. Well,
0: I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm, this is gonna be my last one, and I wanted to keep it in movies just because this one's such a good one. Movie catalog again, you you get their entire catalog on a desert island. Okay. Tom Cruise,
1: Denzel Washington. Denzel. Denzel my favorite actor of all time. Not even oh, close. Right, yeah, right. yeah. Not well, you, you should. Yeah, you pick. You should have picked somebody over Denzel. Uh, I've 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 met Denzel. I mean, you should have picked somebody over. He was at a hole in the wall driving range on this like it. It's got a mini golf course and like a twisty treat in front of it, and we were sitting there driving balls, and you couldn't get like within two of this guy. And we looked over, and I go to my buddy, I'm like, dude, that's fucking Denzel Washington. And he's like, no, it's not. And I'm like, yeah, it's Denzel Washington. I go over there and I'm like, I, I couldn't even say anything. I was like, man on fire. That's what I said to him. <laughs> That's my favorite movie of his. Um, and he goes, yeah. And he was, he was, he was a cool guy. He wouldn't let us take a picture or anything. He was like, hey man, just let me do my thing. And I was like, yeah, for sure. Thank you. I love you. Bye. <laughs> yeah, but Denzel for sure. Pick somebody other than Tom, and it, it'll stand a chance.
0: Yeah. So for me, it's Tom uh, because I just love Days of Thunder. Uh, you know, Top Gun. Um, you know Jerry Maguire. I mean, I just love all those movies. And, and Denzel's great. By the way, I think Malcolm X is, is just a phenomenal movie. Uh, I love that one. Um, but a lot of Denzel's roles, I feel like he's always Denzel. You know, like I don't feel like he branches too far from who he is. Um, I feel like Tom Cruise is a little bit more diverse, so you can get a more diverse catalog with him. Whereas Denzel, you're basically gonna get Denzel as himself in this movie. Uh, with a handful, I, I love Remember the Titans. I love John Q. I uh, said Malcolm. John is- yeah, no. but uh, I just oh,
1: not enough. I don't know. I think he's got a big enough catalog. I will agree that his newer stuff is more just kind of like shoot him up, kind of being a badass stuff. Um, but I mean, those are dope too. So I think his earlier stuff. I think he showed enough range and showed what he could. Do as an actor. I also, I mean, I respect the shit out of Tom Cruise because he does all of his own stunts, and I think that's bonkers. But like after like Mission Impossible, like two or three, you think it was like I didn't really watch many of them, so that like kind of lost it for me. So
0: yeah, Jack He's a Scientologist right?
1: too, right? I don't like that.
0: Well, oh, what he is, I'm sort of like racist against religions.
1: No, um, Scientology isn't a religion. It's a quack job, and I I am prejudiced against cults. Yes.
0: Well, Christianity was a quack job when it first started. I don't like,
1: I don't, first and foremost, I don't believe in religions or anything like that. I don't have anything against them, but Scientology is a quack that takes your money and is a, never mind.
0: So, well, I don't know enough about Scientology and maybe some of our listeners could enlighten me a little bit more i know that i was part of uh the mormon faction a little while back uh Mm -hmm. when i was younger and the thing is mormons are a little weird too uh with some of their beliefs but the way i looked at it was this because i also i'm more of agnostic now i don't really have a a denomination but i do feel like you know they're all kind of quack jobs so i can't really criticize one over the other yeah all right so what are you what's your last one
1: Um, to be fair, I want to make personal. I'm not like bashing any religion or anything like that. Um, (laughs) I I
0: wasn't seriously (laughs) like. No, I
1: know, I know. I just want to make sure Scientologists believe like an alien came down and like is there God? And I don't know. It's weird, man. And there's like levels. And
0: aliens, and it might be possible.
1: Well, that's different. This is like it's a certain guy and it's like levels and you have to give money to rise the levels in the religion. And it's wild, bro. It's not. It's just more culty than anything Uh, like Mormons at least have like a base of like, you know, religion and values and things like that. Um, I think it's completely separate. But um, my last one, chicken or steak or chicken or beef? Uh,
0: Chicken yeah um I, I don't like red meat i don't i don't like steak at all really? i don't i don't like i mean i like hamburgers but it has to be in the mood because i remember when we first started doing the show you're like dude how many cheeseburgers do you eat <laughs> 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 i do like burgers because it's all ground up but i don't like steak um and i don't like like pot roasts and i don't like like yeah, shoulder that's
1: surprising.
0: Steak. yeah but chicken i can go chicken nuggets uh you know any sort of fried chicken um i do only white meat though i don't like the drumsticks or the dark meat
1: You're a fucking heathen.
0: (laughs) The white meat's better for you.
1: No, it's not necessarily true. What makes you think the white meat's meat's better for
0: you? Because I heard that a long time ago and I believed it.
1: (laughs) No. No, The dark meat just has more flavor. Um, But uh, yeah, I mean, I'll eat them all. I I love it all. But I think I love chicken thighs. Chicken thighs are my shit. Um, I'll eat. I mean, I eat, like, a whole rotisserie chicken a day anyway. But, man, those those thighs are my shit. Um, I'm probably chicken, too, just because it's cleaner. Um, but, man, I don't get cravings for chicken like I get cravings for, like, steak and red meat. So it's, it's 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 a tough choice for me. All
0: right. So we are going to go into football before we do. I do want to say that me and Ben, as I mentioned earlier, we were awful uh, in our picks last week. We didn't get too much. I was 2-6 and six against the spread, and I was <laughs> – four and four uh, over under Ben was three and five against the spread and two and six over under. So definitely <laughs> very bad week for if you were betting with the show, because you usually do because Sully's on here, you really lost some money. I, I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know, just keep riding your horse next time. And if I'm not on there, don't, don't try to get it. Cause I, I have saved your butts guys. I had another winning week this week. So uh,
0: the Falcons on Thursday night, 25 to 17. Hey, they didn't choke away a victory. How about that? Um, they improved to two and six, and the Panthers dropped to three and five. Another game we talked about this last week with Teddy Bridgewater. He's 15 to 23, so fairly accurate, 176 yards, but one touchdown, one interception. Again, the Panthers just can't seem to get the ball in the end zone, and they still have all three of their receivers played. Samuel played, um, uh, DJ Moore played, uh, Robbie Anderson played. I don't understand how they're not getting the ball in the end zone.
1: Honestly, can't figure it out either. Like Curtis Samuel scored twice and they're using them in in different ways. Robbie Anderson was pretty much, you know, non-existent in the game. Uh, It's, it's surprising because, you know, everybody's been torching Atlanta and you would think, you know, Carolina could expose something, but I don't know, maybe Teddy Bridgewater's just not as good as we thought he was. Maybe he's not making enough downfield reads. I don't know what the problem is. I mean, when you're, when you're only, I mean, 25, isn't a ton of points, obviously it's not ideal, But if you're only giving up 25 points, like ah, some of these games you need to be winning, I feel like.
0: Well, especially with Matt Ryan, who's been on fire recently. He goes zero touchdowns, one interception. So he doesn't really have the greatest game. I I did want to ask about Julio Jones, who Julio Jones has seven catches for 137 yards. I feel like he just there's no way that they can trade him. I I feel or he's driving up his trade value. Because at the start of the season, I would have thought you could have gotten Julio for like a fourth round pick. And now I think you'd have to give up a second to get him.
1: I mean, I don't know about a second. I think think you could finagle a third. But, yeah, I mean, he still holds a ton of value. So, I I mean, you're going to have to get something back for him. I mean, for all he's done, he's still the eighth-graded wide receiver in the league, according to PFF. I, I mean, the only guys ahead of him are you know, Adam Thielen, DeAndre Hopkins, Keelan Allen, Devontae Adams, Justin jo- Justin Jefferson, you know, Travis Fulgham, which is a surprise, you know, but, you know, guys like that who are studs. So, I, I mean, you may be right. It's just his age and his contract make him so difficult to move for value. That is.
0: Well, I feel like his contract's not that bad. It's 20 million per, which is what you would give a top flight receiver anyways. And he's, Good through the next three years, which maybe that's the downside of it. So you have him for three more years and through he's 34 years old. But I'm thinking the way he's playing right now, I mean, why wouldn't you want this guy for three and 60?
1: I don't think I'd let him for three and 60. I, I mean, I think the cliff would fall off and they've got to be asking a steep price or i think he would have been moved at this point so i'm honestly not sure because i mean you know green bay is interested in a lot of receivers around the league i, I think he'd be a really good fit there so i, I mean for a second i think it'd be a, a cheap price for green bay
0: well speaking of green bay they lose to the vikings 28 to 22 uh not a great game i mean aaron Rodgers again three touchdowns no interceptions almost 300 yards passing the, the big story here, I think, was Dalvin Cook, who had 30 carries for 163 yards and three touchdowns and uh, two catches for 63 yards and a touchdown. So four total touchdowns for Dalvin Cook. Here's my question. Is he better than Alvin Kamara?
1: When he's healthy, he may be. Um, I think he's a better, like, between-the-tackles runner for sure. I think Alvin Kamara more you know useful in the passing game that's not to say dalvin cook isn't useful but alvin kamara is essentially a slot receiver um but dalvin cook as a runner i think is better
0: all right i know that dalvin cook obviously uh, i mean um either way dalvin cook has a quarterback who's not quite as good as drew Brees, and we'll get into the <laughs> whole drew Brees thing i have a whole thing about that later um but yeah so that was my question was whether he was better than kamara what do you think about the packers uh falling to five and two to the vikings i mean These are the games they have to win. I mean, I don't mind if you lose to Chicago because of Chicago's defense. It's just going to happen, but you can't lose to Minnesota.
1: No, you can't, especially the way they were playing. You know, they just need help. I mean, if you take Devontae Adams out of that offense, it's pretty tough to succeed. Um, You know, and Aaron Rodgers had a decent game, but again, that defense too – you know, last year in the playoffs they got exposed and got ran all over and Minnesota exposed them again. You can just run on this team. If you bear down and get physical with this Packers football team, you can man up on them and show them, you know, they're little bitches essentially because they get run all over. I mean, if you have 35 carries or whatever it is for 160 yards, I mean, that's a beat down.
0: Well, one of the games I'm going to pat myself on the back for because I said take the Bengals in the money line. And uh, the Bengals came out 31-20 over the Tennessee Titans. Uh, Joe Burrow, 26 of 37, 249 yards, two touchdowns, no picks, no sacks. He was not sacked in this game. So it's amazing if you keep your quarterback upright, he can actually win games for you.
1: Shocker. No, I mean, all this talk to Justin Herbert better than Joe Burrow, I, I mean, I didn't like any of it. You know, Justin Herbert can't win ball games, and I feel like Joe Burrow can, and I think that's where the separation is. Uh, I, You know, I fully admitted that Justin Herbert is better than I thought he was, but he ain't no Joe Burrow. Let's be real, people. Joe Burrow is going to be, I think, an all-pro quarterback in this league eventually. I love what he's doing in Cincinnati with what's around him. You know, no Joe Mixon, you know, Gio Bernard getting the job done. Tyler Boyd's, you know, I mean, I think he's a solid number one. He's not going to break anybody's top 10 or top 15s. But, I mean, the guy just produces every week. He really does. So, I mean, they get some defense over there. They're going to be a solid ball club.
0: Now, I would be remiss. Talking about a Bengals game, if I didn't mention that T. Higgins had six grabs for 78 yards. So, another great game for T. Higgins.
1: <laughs> T. Higgins has turned into a, a good little player there for for Cincinnati. I didn't think he could separate in the NFL, and he's he's doing that. Um, I, I got to tell you this. I haven't watched a ton of games, so I don't know exactly how great he's actually doing outside of the box score. So, I, I mean, I'd have to get a little more in-depth, but... Oh, all right, He's the 30th graded wide receiver in PFF. He's got a 75 overall grade um, and a 78 receiving grade. So that's good. I mean, anytime you're in the high 70s, you're playing really good football. So, I, I mean, good for him. I, I was wrong.
0: And uh, A.J. Green, only two grabs. Is he going to get moved before tomorrow's trade of the line?
1: they got to be asking for too much. Um, And and honestly, with his play and, and what he looks like on the field, I don't think I'd move him. I don't think I'd give anything more than a fifth for him, if I'm being honest. So I think he'd be really tough to move. I think it'd be extremely difficult.
0: Even to a team like Green Bay, who's desperate for receiving depth? I just
1: think, why would Cincinnati move him for a fifth? I think they can get more out of him. Like, I think he stands more value to them for a fifth, but, like, no, I don't think a team would, would view him worth more than a fifth, kind of thing like that. Yeah. Like, obviously, the Packers could use him and would give up a fifth, but I don't, like, I don't think Cincinnati views him as – I think they view him more than a fifth-rounder.
0: Well, the Jets continue to prove me wrong when yeah. they were 19-point underdogs going into the game. I said, oh, 19 points, you got to take right. that spread. You, you got have to. to. And yet, (laughs) they can't cover the spread.
1: Look, I agree. There's no way Clemson beats the Jets. But I don't think they lose by a lot. (laughs) The Jets are not good, man. That is not a good football team. They just traded arguably their best linebacker and Avery Williamson now to the Steelers. I I mean, that team's a shit show. I don't know what's – I mean – I'll tell you, if I'm Trevor Lawrence and Adam Gase is not fired by the end of the season, I don't play football for them.
0: Yeah, definitely pull uh, Eli Manning slash John Elway and just say, hey, no thanks. Send me somewhere else. And the thing is, I'm not playing.
1: Draft me if you want.
0: You're you're not really putting the Jets in a bad spot by doing that because I think that for that number one pick and him being there, the Jets can still get three first round picks for that first overall pick.
1: Yeah, I mean, especially if, like, like I don't know, let's say Washington finishes with the second-worst record or, I, I don't even know, another team like that that desperately wants a quarterback and needs a quarterback. The issue becomes, honestly, you need somebody at three to move up because somebody at two, I think, will be fine taking Justin Fields and not giving up their, their whole future. Um, so somebody at three would need to move up. but And then at that point, you're not getting either quarterback. You're not getting Lawrence or Fields. So, you know, what do you end up with? You know, like I said, I think the top five is is filled with generational talents because you could still end up with Mika Parsons uh, or Penay Sewell there at that point. But, I mean, neither one is as good as getting Fields or Lawrence.
0: So, uh, Patrick Mahomes, uh, after playing like crap in Denver, has 416 yards, five touchdowns, no interceptions. <laughs> Is this, so what kills me is I, I love Russell Wilson. I really love Russell Wilson. I love Aaron Rodgers. But I really don't think that anyone other than Patrick Mahomes should be mentioned as the number one quarterback in the NFL.
1: No, it should never – until he starts – until his play falls off a cliff. It doesn't matter how good any other people play at this point. He is playing the quarterback position as good as you can play it. Yeah, he may have a bad game, but like the, the kid is everything you want in a quarterback. Literally everything he has—the arm talent, the accuracy, the decision making, the the Brett Favre ability to just create plays—and dude, that that pass to Travis Kelsey, he literally threw underhand. Like he literally threw the ball underhand to Travis. Kel- like, I, I mean, the guy's just—he's as good as it gets. It's—I'm so thankful I get to watch it.
0: And we have. The Colts, 41-21 over the Lions. So, Ben, uh, the Colts are his team, but he picked against them here, as did I. Uh, Phillip Rivers, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, you know, Jordan Wilkins had 20 carries for 89 yards and a touchdown. The, the question for me in this game, before we get to like just the, how bad the Lions looked, is, uh, you know, Marvin Jones had three catches, 39 yards, two touchdowns. He's another name that's on the, you know, if your team needs a receiver, he might be available
1: well, I don't think so now. Kenny Galladay went down, so I don't know if, if Marvin Jones gets gets moved. Um, that'll be interesting to see. But, I mean, why would you ever take the Lions over the Colts? I, I mean, I I, I'm a, I know I'm pretty high on the Colts, and shocker, they're 5-2 and two and a great football team. Um, I mean, they're just going to win a lot of football games. I'm you, they're just built to win football games. They're not exciting. They're not fun to watch. They're just built to win football games.
0: Well, I couldn't help thinking watching some of this game and going through the stat line is thinking about Joe Burrow and his talent, right? And if the Bengals cannot protect him, he could be Matthew Stafford because I think Matthew Stafford has all the talent in the world, but just, you know, he's gotten injured throughout his entire career and just taken a beating.
1: I 100% agree. I mean, Joe Burrow could very easily be Matthew Stafford. Um, I mean, it it obviously depends on what the team does and what they build around him. I mean, I think that's with any quarterback, to be fair.
0: And let me ask this, when it comes to teams like the Lions, the Browns, right? There's just teams that can never seem to quite get out of the basement. What what is it? Is it how can you go through like three general managers and none of them make good picks, none of them make good signings?
1: I've never understood. You know, I'm a Bucks fan, so you know I've lived the life of a of a team in the cellar and in the basement. I I truly don't understand it. It just seems like you're cursed at times, and every decision you make turns out to be a bad one. Uh, I think what happens is you try to. In the NFL especially, you try to change, and when you build a ball club one way and then you change and do something completely different, well, that ball club is going to be bad because you don't have players that fit that scheme and things like that, and and I don't know. I think it just takes time, and these, these owners don't give these general managers and coaches enough time, in my opinion.
0: The Steelers win 28-24 over the Ravens. Uh, They go to 7-0. I actually thought this was going to be their first loss because that Ravens team is so good on defense, and they do the ground and pound. I mean, J.K. Dobbins had 15 carries for 113 yards, so he played really well. Uh, My concern with this game was Lamar Jackson having 16 carries for 65 yards. I said it last year. I love Lamar Jackson's talent. I do think Lamar Jackson can be a pocket passer who gets out of the pocket and gains you yards when it breaks down. I don't like them running that pistol, you know, option offense. It's
1: because he can't be a quarterback. <laughs> they have to. Um, he's shown he can't play quarterback. He makes bad decisions, bad reads, and is inaccurate at times. Um, I, I mean, he just is what he is. He's not a gimmick quarterback because I do think he's much more than a gimmick quarterback, but I agree. I mean, you're never going to succeed if your quarterback is is a run first option and i think lamar jackson is a run first option and and that's my issue with them and then the steelers are just i mean they're too good that that pass rush is just scary with bud dupree and tj watt i mean those guys are animals out there and they just beat people and then they lost ronnie stanley for the year the the ravens did he's the best left tackle in the league arguably so you lose him and i mean that's a huge loss and then they just they couldn't do anything after that he was just pressured every down
0: well this stood out to me because the first receiver i picked in my fantasy football draft was marquise brown and he comes out after the game and says something after having he has one catch and he says you know what's the point in having soldiers if you don't use them
1: uh i mean it's Pretty tough to disagree. I mean, he doesn't get a ton of looks, um, and it's tough too when your quarterback isn't looking to throw the football. And that's, I mean, that's just what it is. He's just not. If you're not his first read and you're not open, he's running.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I love Marquise Brown's talent. Um, I think he's great, and I just, I think that that should be your first read and your second read before you start looking at other players,
1: huh? I would agree completely. <laughs> you think it would be that easy, right?
0: Uh, this was a, a favorite of mine: the Miami Dolphins, twenty-eight to seventeen, over the Rams. Uh, Tua Ta- uh, Tagovailoa gets actually—they they always say the announcer always say Tango Vailoa Is it? I always say Tagovailoa because there's no N in his It's name.
1: Tug. It's Tagovailoa.
0: Tagovailoa. Okay, so there's no N, but they yeah. always say Tungo or Tango. yeah
1: no, it's Tagovailoa.
0: Anyways, he gets his first career win. Um, Yeah, plays it out kind of like a you know game manager, right? He only has ninety eight yards passing, Um, but he has a touchdown, no interceptions, and you know I think he's going to be fine. I actually am looking forward to him getting a little bit longer leash. I want to see him throw the ball thirty times and see if he can throw like like put up Herbert and Burrow type numbers.
1: Yeah, I mean, the issue is he's playing the best defensive football player to ever play the game of football. So it was, it's pretty tough to do that. I mean, he dropped back his second play of the game, and Aaron Donald had a strip sack in the second play of the game. And that was just kind of the tone of this game. It was all turnovers. Miami, I think, forced four turnovers in the first half. Um, they scored a defensive touchdown, returned another one to the one-yard line. Um, they were up, I think it was 28-7 to real quick and just kind of – made sure they didn't lose the game more than anything. Um, but, I mean, he didn't look bad, and that's the good thing. He did not look – his accuracy was good. He made good decisions. He made quick reads, and that's important. So I think he can he can go up from here and, and play more. But, yeah, I would love to see his leash expanded a little.
0: And you mentioned something. Maybe we'll talk about it uh, in a couple of shows because next week we got the interview. Best defensive player of all time. I know you'd ask me about it. I said Reggie White. Um, I know you said they're on their own – tier you said Reggie White playing the edge you give a little bit more um, credit to Donald for playing the interior I think Reggie White could have played the interior but I think just the way that those defenses were then back then is your best pass rusher was on the exterior but Reggie White was 292 he could have played nose tackle and you know havoc. he did
1: he, he did play defensive tackle for a year and I'm pretty sure he got like 15 or 16 sacks he'd split the season you know between defensive end, and, and defensive tackle so yeah he could have very easily played it and, and I'm not saying he couldn't I'm just saying his majority of his career was based on the outside and that's where he was getting his pressures and his stats and his sacks where Aaron Donald is doing it from the inside. And and so I just put a little more weight into it. I, I don't know. It's just everything I've seen. He just makes grown men and all pro players and pro bowl players just look bad and, and just look like they're not good at football. And it, it's just so impressive to watch him play. And God, i mean to me he's just he's the best defensive player i think I've, I've ever seen play the game of football all
0: right fair enough now here's a i'll save it for another greater than but i'm thinking lawrence taylor Derek thomas um i feel like Derek thomas was misused for part of his career and it's unfortunate but uh when he played outside linebacker like lawrence taylor or that outside edge position i mean Derek thomas was an absolute monster uh, out there so I mean, seven sacks in a game is, is nothing to
1: sneeze at. Yeah. And I, I'm pretty sure he's got a 20-sack season, too, which is hard to do. I mean, you know, rarely people do that. I, I mean, there are plenty of people that would argue that Derek Thomas is the best pass rusher, pure pass rusher of all time, like just pure pass rusher, um, which, I, you know, it would be tough to disagree with. It, it really would. <clears throat>
0: Um, Next game, we mentioned it earlier. Unfortunately, we do have to talk about it. The Bills win 24-21 against the Patriots. Now, I watched the entire game because up here in New England, that's what I watch. I watch the Patriots game. I watch every snap of the game, and it looked like like they were going to get down there, and they were going to tie up the game with a field goal and possibly even get a touchdown and win the game. And Cam Newton fumbled the ball on a rush with a minute left in the game, um, trying to kind of make something happen. And he gained like seven or eight yards, but then lost the ball. And they were in field goal range. Like I think they were in like at the 20. So they were well within field goal range. And they were eight, I think.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So it's just uh, very disheartening. I think at this point, and I mentioned it last week with Ben, you have to just throw Cam Newton out the door and start Jarrett Stidham for the rest of the season. Because at this point, you have nothing to lose. Like why not just see what you got there for six games, eight games, and and see if he's your quarterback of the future. Because if you just keep playing Cam Newton, I think you're going to, Maybe win a couple games. Maybe you go eight and eight. Now, maybe you do worse with Stidham, but you don't know until you play him.
1: I 1 million percent agree with you. At this point, it's what do you got to lose? You, you're not going to win the division, you're not going to catch Buffalo. You, you, you know, this game was huge because now this game puts the split there and gets them that one game gap, you know, because they have the tie break essentially with the head to head win. So it, 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 at this point, it's it's just a lost season. Put excuse me, put Stidham in see what you got if you have a a legitimate quarterback then that's one thing you don't have to worry about next year and that's one hole you don't have to fill if you don't know what you got then you go into the next season with a question mark and that just doesn't make sense to me I mean this seems like a common sense decision and it's like I don't understand why we're having this from such a well-run franchise I really don't understand it
0: I don't know either I don't know if there's some sort of issue between him and Bill I know there were some rumors in the preseason about him not taking it seriously, not really studying the playbook and spending more time doing personal stuff. And I know that that's the kind of thing that bill will hold over your head for a long time. If you're not showing you're committed, yeah. the Cleveland Browns lose again, December the Raiders 16 six in a completely ugly game that nobody would have wanted to watch except for Browns and Ravens fans. And even them, I'm <laughs> not even sure. Uh, but the Browns dropped to five and three. They're still, still pretty good. Uh, Derek Carr looks okay, but only 112 yards. Uh, passing was really the uh, Josh Jacobs show. 31 carries, 128 yards. Nice to see them handing the ball off to him because I mentioned when the Raiders played the Patriots that he only had like eight or ten carries. I'm like, why aren't you giving this the guy the ball every single time unless you absolutely have to throw it on a third and nine?
1: Yeah, I mean, their offense should be based on running the football. I mean, that's what they were – you know their identity was last year, and I should continue that. Uh, Cleveland looks like a mess without OBJ, which is weird. I mean, only put up six points against that Las Vegas defense. I mean, Las Vegas isn't known for their defense; they don't have a great one there. Um, it's a little surprising that this game finished 16, sixteen-six.
0: Um, David and Joku had one catch for nineteen yards. Another name that's mentioned at uh, the trade deadline—he wants out of Cleveland, uh, but again his production has been so little this year that really what do you get for him? He was a first-round pick, and you're only going to get, about sixth for him?
1: Yeah, but exactly, and that's the kind of thing. Like, does he do more value for your team if you just keep him, you know, at this point because you're only going to get a fifth or a sixth? So, you know, does that really bring you anything at this point? But at the same time, do you want a disgruntled guy that's going to be a problem for your locker room or Something like that. So it'll be interesting how it plays out. I think a team like that should – our team should invest in a talent like that. So
0: The uh, Broncos win one 30 over the Chargers. Uh, the Broncos have looked pretty bad, uh, but this one they don't look so bad, I guess. Uh, they hold Justin Herbert for 278, so he doesn't go for 350 against them, which is nice. He does have three touchdowns, two interceptions. Uh, Drew Locke, three touchdowns, one interception. So he, in a way, kind of outplays them. Um, Looking at the carries, you know, Melvin Gordon, eight carries for 26 yards, Lindsay six for 83. I know at the start of the season I was talking about, you know, Melvin Gordon, why are you even giving the ball to Philip Lindsay? But he's kind of outplayed in the last couple of weeks.
1: Well, Philbinzoo was hurt, and then Melvin Gordon, I believe, got in, got sick, or got into the issue with the DUI. Something happened there, and he had some issues that he was out for a game or two. So, you know, I, again, I think running back should be essentially by committee unless you have somebody like you know Zeke or you know somebody like that as a true dominant player. Um, you know, and, and the Chargers just can't find a way to win ball games. It's really weird. They they just find a way to lose more than they find a way to win. And for all the stats Justin Herbert put up. If you to win ball games, I don't want you on my team. So, uh,
0: the next game we have here is the Saints win 26 23 over the Bears. Uh, you know, Drew Brees 31 of 41, 280 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Before I get too far with the rest of these stats, uh, Brandon Combs of Triple Shot Sports had made the assertion that Jameis Winston would be better for the Saints, like they Drew Brees is holding them back. And I said, Drew Brees is having his sixth consecutive 70% completion percentage season. You really think Jameis Winston's going to be an upgrade over Drew Brees?
1: I mean, he has this love affinity for Jameis, and I think at this point just wants to be proven right, because there's in no way that James Winston would be better for this team right now, um, especially with no Michael Thomas and things like that. This offense is just stagnant and just finding a way to win. And the way they do that is with Drew Brees checking plays and doing things like that to get Kamara open and scheming guys open. There's no way James would benefit this offense.
0: I, mean, I do think he's
1: wild. It's not shocking from Combs. Though. I
0: do think he's their future starting quarterback. I just think that you wouldn't make a switch while they're five and two, you know, and he's playing great. Now, the other thing that happened at the end of this game, uh, I have a video here, so hopefully we don't get booted for it, but this kind of happened, and it interested me. <laughs> I'm not so sure. This happened well after the play. I mean, it's over. The play's over. Whoa. I don't even know what that was about. Neither do I. <laughs> I don't know, have any idea what that was all about. Still with me there, Sully? Can you hear me? Kind of frozen up here. All right. Well, Sully's a... Oh, I see your mouth moving. I don't hear any... Oh, there we go. All right
1: okay i was frozen on the game i could
0: oh Sully just got booted all right well anyways uh guys we are actually say, an hour and three minutes into this so we have uh, a couple games left to go through after this uh we'll see if sully signs back on uh if he does uh that'll be great we'll actually get his take here he is right here let's see uh welcome back to the podcast hey you're nice and clear now too you're not blurry hey uh all right
1: so
0: what were you saying about the uh the fight what do you think
1: So I believe Sims said uh, CJ CJG, or CGJ, Chauncey Garner-Johnson, who's a Florida Gator, by the way, go go Garner-Johnson, spit on him. Um, And he has family – and Sims has family members who, if catch COVID, will be potentially fatal to them. Um, So I guess that's – he's saying that's why he reacted the way he did. Um, the NFL will look into that. I'm assuming and figure all that out. I can't see spit. Now it's not zoomed in or anything like that. I can't see a spitting motion. I can't see anything like that. But that's apparently what's in said.
0: But he went over to him. He wasn't even involved in the play with him. He walked over to him and threw a punch. Uh, so unless he means like earlier in the game he spit on him, and now this was kind of him going after him.
1: No, so he walks over and he flicks his his mouthpiece out of it. He pulls his mouthpiece and throws it out of his helmet or flicks his mouthpiece out of his helmet. That's the initial move. And then after that, he's saying Chauncey Garner spit on him, and that's when he throws the two punches at him.
0: Oh, weird. Why go over to him in the first
1: place? I just don't... It, I, That I don't know. I don't know why he approached him in the first place, or even if it happened earlier. I don't know. It's, it's a weird situation. It's not going to work out well for Sims, I don't think. Um, I think he's going to get a three game suspension, I think. So we'll see. Appeal it down to one, probably.
0: The uh, Seahawks win 37 27 against the embarrassing 49ers. Jimmy Garoppolo hurts himself again. And by all accounts, it looks like Mullins came in and played even better than him with two touchdowns and no interceptions. So even if Jimmy Garoppolo comes back, I know mean, you've I mean, got $100 million still due to the guy, but it seems like he's not their quarterback. Like he just has these games where he'll have a good game, but then he has two crappy games and then he will have a good game, crappy game. He's just not a consistently good quarterback.
1: Well, especially this season, he's been played by the injuries, that whole San Francisco team, George Kittles, I think out now with a broken something he's out for, I think eight weeks now. So that whole team is just hit the shitter. Unfortunately, poor San Francisco, um, but I don't know if it's just the injuries this year that plague Jimmy G. I, I'm not really sure what it is. Now, obviously, that offense is very friendly, so I think any quarterback that comes in is going to look good. So Nate Mullins, I don't know if he's the future, obviously, but, I, I mean, who knows? Who knows right now? There's just so many injuries. It's tough to assess the team fairly.
0: And the last game of the week, which was another ugly one, Philadelphia Eagles beat the Cowboys 23-9. it. Skip it. Skip it. Skip <laughs> it. I'm joking
1: but I mean this is just like you said no this is just ugly football like these I understand they they don't like but with the the schedule adjusting they're allowed to do now they need to get this shit off of primetime football like this can't be your fucking Sunday night game it just can't like that can't happen this cannot be your Sunday night football game it was impossible to watch
0: I think before the season started, they expected this to be a much better game. You probably thought the Cowboys were going to be five and one or five and two at this point, and it's just going to be a, a battle. But both these teams are bad. Uh, the one thing that I do like is, like, like you mentioned, Fulgham kind of coming up as one of the top receivers there. We'd mentioned Ward. Rieger looked pretty good. So, I mean, receiving is starting to look better. Maybe that's just the product of Carson Wentz, but you know, he didn't look particularly well with two interceptions. He looked like so, shit. Um, yeah. And I do I'm, see that. I'm surprised
1: uh, we didn't get a comment from Jesse, honestly.
0: Uh, I did see that Jalen Hurts came in, completed a pass. Um, I'm a big Jalen Hurts fan, and I'm not in any way advocating that the Eagles should make the switch, especially since they're number one in the division right now. Just keep riding that horse. But I wouldn't be surprised if going into next year, it's no longer Carson Wentz's job. It's a quarterback battle in the preseason.
1: I mean, you don't take a quarterback in the second round to sit him. I, I, it's just a wasted pick at that point so what are you doing it i mean i agree that i think a backup quarterback should be valued as a top 50 position on the football field I, I i think or i think it should um so but i it's just it's tough to like it's tough to justify the pick in the second round if the guy doesn't get to play I think is kind of the point I'm making, and so at a certain point, you gotta at least see what you have.
0: And the last game is our Monday night game. We get to make our picks here. The over under is 45 with the the Giants and the Buccaneers plus 13. Um, I mean, the Giants. Ooh, I
1: I seen it. At, I seen it at 12 and a half, but we'll stick to 13 if you want. Okay.
0: Um, I, this is based on yesterday when I was doing it. Um, so uh-huh. the, the Giants. I, I still think the Bucks cover the 13. I think the Giants are just really, really, really bad. I still don't like Daniel Jones. I've mentioned that I wouldn't be surprised if he has a three interception game. However, like most of these games, I expect it to be like 30 to six. And so they're not going to cover they're not going to cover the 45. So I think it's gonna be bucks, give up the points and take the under.
1: Man, me too. And that's what's sick is the score. I have it 31-6. So (laughs) that's sick that you said 36. Uh, I think it's going to end 31-6, 31-9, something like that. Um, Yeah, I think Daniel Jones is going to have a long day. Um, Our defense is just too good. Jamel Dean's the number two graded cornerback in all football. Carlton Davis is like the number 12, I think. We're just, our secondary is incredibly good. Our pass rush is good. Devin White's you know, a top three linebacker in the league at this point. And then the weapons, you know, I I don't think I don't see any way the Giants can try to stop any of our weapons. So I think it's, I I think it's gonna be a pretty comfortable win tonight.
0: Well, it's another great show. Uh, Definitely. If you're still with us, tune in for wednesday we have william gates on the show we're going to ask him all about hoop dreams and we're going to ask him about basketball in general life in general and i have a feeling it's going to be another one of those good like silk cozart type of interviews and i actually uh, emailed silk uh, to get some questions from him he, he sent me over some questions because said, silk you're a big basketball guy you've done documentaries you know what would you ask him and so he sent over a couple of questions as well so um definitely that's awesome it. yeah we'll post those to him as well so that's that uh definitely thank you guys for watching uh sully i don't know if you want to do your thanks
1: and then kick it to Kenny. Yeah, thank you, everybody. I appreciate it. You know, I know you guys miss me and my picks on Wednesday. Don't worry, I got you this Wednesday. We'll win some more money if you're down for that. Uh, I appreciate it, everybody. And Ayo hey, Kenny, that you back there, bro? Hey.